Welcome to the A to Z of Godly Relationships podcast. Uh, it's good to have you back with us. And today we have a very, very special one for you. Um, today's podcast is Finding Love When You're a Pastor. Our special guest today is uh, Pastor Kunle Oyedeji. Welcome, Pastor Kunle. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Honestly, it's so good to be able to have this interview. I know this is something we've spoken about for a while and the day has finally arrived when we can actually get together and do it. So that's wonderful. Absolutely. I'm glad we've been able to uh, get around to it. I'm excited. And um, again, thank you for having me on. Great. So let me just introduce you for those who may not know of you. Um, you are an author. You've written two books. Um, one entitled Finding Mr. and Mrs. Wright and the infamous Relationship Matters. I'm sure many have heard of those books and have read them, as have I. Um, fantastic, fantastic books, a great guide. You wrote those books when you were single, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And I imagine quite a few people have um, asked, how did you manage to write a book on relationships? when you were single and we're going to get into that we're going to get into that later but I also want to add that you are the pastor of the Cornerstone Church in London and has been for the last six years um, and you're also the founder of the Empowerment Group um, which is a counselling service for BME is that correct? That's absolutely correct so uh, six years now we've been running at the Cornerstone Church um, and I've had the privilege and honour of uh, leading that church over the course of founding and leading that church over the course of the six years till date. And um, as you rightly mentioned, I'm also the uh, founder and CEO of the Empowerment Group, which offers uh, one-to-one counseling uh, sessions, up to 10 free one-to-one counseling sessions for BME individuals. And does that counselling cover all realms? Is it everything, relationship, mental health, past experiences, that sort of thing? Is it everything that you cover? Absolutely. It's uh, professional counselling. So it's uh, there's a team of us of um, BME, BACP accredited, qualifi- qualified counsellors um, who de- deliver counselling in various areas with, you know, extreme extremely amount of um, I don't even know how many years I was trying to do the math in my head but so many years of um, experience in counselling just really helping the BME community as the BME community um, does suffer from mental health challenges quite disproportionately compared to um, other races. I can feel another podcast coming on. <laughs> I, can feel, I can feel us having a conversation and digging a bit deeper into this. But today I'm going to focus on the, because we want to know how you found love as a pastor. And spoiler alert, he has done. So if you had uh, you know, any ideas, you can probably log off now because he has found love. But we want to know the journey. We want to know the journey. So I mentioned before about you writing two books on relationships in your singleness. Can I ask you, where did the wisdom for the content of those books come from? Yeah, sure. So typically one of the questions I'm actually always asked is, oh, and people always tell me that they are asked, how can he write a book on relationships when he's not married? To which I reply, I don't write books on marriage. I write books on relationships. And the wisdom comes from relationships I've experienced, relationships that others have experienced, and general studies 
on relationships, both from a psychological point of view as well as a spiritual point of view as well. So really, that's where a lot of the wisdom has been gained over the years, which has allowed me to transfer that into writing to be a blessing to many. Right. Okay. And, you know, when we ask God for wisdom, he gives it to us, right? So um, I don't know if you intentionally ask God for wisdom in that area, but I think from being under your your word, listening to you speak and the wisdom that came from you, um, I met you, I was already married when I met you. And so listening to you speak about relationships when you were single, there's definitely a wisdom that comes from God that has been, you know, passed on through you. So I have to say, um, I, I, I often hear people talking about relationships or marriage or both um, and thinking, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're on the penny there, but with you, I think there is a lot of wisdom that clearly has to be from God. Um, I want to move on and ask you then, what was it like for you being single and a pastor? Um, that's an interesting one. I think at first I didn't think anything of it because um, I guess being in the shoes of a pastor, um, I'm also a human um, and um, like anyone and everyone else that is seeking love and wanting companionship and wanted to go down that road, I just thought it would be a case of finding someone that's right for me. I didn't actually think at first whether me being a pastor would um, create any differences but I think over time I realized that it did when I would go on dates and you know there was a reoccurring firm with um, uh, sorry a reoccurring saying um, where it was a thing of mm, I would love to 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 get to know you but you're a pastor or you're a pastor or mm, I'm, I'm interested but mm, I was a little bit unsure because you're a pastor and that's when I had to stop and think okay what is it about being a pastor that um, seemed to be putting people off at the time? That's really interesting because I imagine it would have been the opposite. I really thought people would be more drawn because you were a pastor. And again, you've given me even more. I, there's so much more I want to dig into, but I'm not going to jump ahead. I'm not going to jump ahead. Let's pace ourselves. Um, ha, did you did you at any point feel pressured? to come out of singleness because you are a pastor? Well, just before I go on to that, um, off the basis of your last point, actually, it was the two extremes. So let me just add that in there. Um, so there was the extremes of people who wanted to be with me because I was a pastor and they loved the whole idea of, you know, a man of God and someone being in authority and leadership and all of that stuff. That was that extreme. And then there was the other extreme where people were a little bit concerned because um, I was a pastor um, and it was very hard to find the in-between and eventually I found the in-between and um, I, I, let's say I'm happy that I found the, uh, <laughs> the in-between per se. But in terms of pressure, mm. I never put pressure on myself. I never put pressure on myself. I actually enjoyed being um, a little different in the respect that a lot of pastors that we encounter do tend to be married and I liked the whole idea of being different in that regard and being a pastor that was single and really just kind of being an example to others whether it's writing books on relationships as a single or pastor in the church as a single that you don't have to wait until you know particular things are in place to be used by God or have this image of perfection 
per se to be able to be used by God um, and I, I enjoyed being that kind of um, difference that kind of uniqueness amongst uh, peers in terms of not being married or writing books on relationships as a single but I think a lot of pressure um, or shall I say any pressure that did come was really from people on the outside looking in who thought you know what it would be great for you to get married and you know it's ideal and it's the right thing to do and it will help your ministry and all those kind of things which I appreciate but actually I, I never put the pressure on myself right uh, was was some of the pressure coming from your mom i've met your mom she's lovely but as a parent as a, as a mother of a son who is single and eligible and a pastor did you get any pressure from from family parents that kind of thing funnily enough no so it was a thing of oh. um i think like any mother that wants their son to get married from time to time you know my mom would drop hints especially growing up in our african household um your listeners who who also come from an african background understand that you know it's one of those things that when you're you're younger your parents don't want you to think about relationships and marriage they want you to concentrate on your studies and you know seven hours after you graduate it's when you get married so um yeah it was interesting because my mother would drop hints from time to time but she never put pressure on me and she would always say the most important thing is that you get the right person that was always her prayer that was always her right. heart that you know what as much as i would love for you to find someone sooner rather than later the most important thing is that you find the right person that's fantastic um i'm hoping if mum listens to this thank you mum because parents putting pressure can have such an adverse effect so that's wonderful that you weren't being absolutely pressured can i ask you then did you feel free today or did you feel restricted because of your role, I'm going to keep coming back to the fact that you are a pastor. And so it, it, I think it adds a, a different dynamic. And be, maybe by the end of this podcast, I'll be corrected. But I feel like it adds a different dynamic to the already very difficult or can be difficult phase of dating. Um, but as a pastor, did you feel free today or did you feel more restricted in some way? I think it was a bit of both. And to give you some context, I think it really depends on where I was and um, the particular context in which I was looking to date in. So I put kind of, I kind of put strategies in my mind for how I would go about dating in different contexts. So for example, if I was going to date someone in the church that I pastor, as somebody who is, you know, a pastor to the congregation, I would have a different strategy for how I would date outside the church. So for someone in the church, um, I, I really put the onus on the female, and I know it sounds weird saying this, but I really put the onus on the female to really be clear with her intentions before I make any move, because I wouldn't want to be in a position where um, I'm kind of, you know, um, quote unquote, pursuing someone in the church, they feel uncomfortable and perhaps don't know how to say no and thinking but this is my pastor and you know how am I going to respond to that and it's going to be awkward so my strategy was if I'm going to date someone in the church it has to be very clear that that female has to be very intentional very open um to a degree about her interest for me to be able to match that and know that okay this is something to to possibly pursue but my mind if I'm being honest wasn't really dating in, wasn't really thinking about dating in the church. I wasn't against it um, at any time, but I wasn't really thinking about dating within the church. I think outside of the church, 
it really depends depended on who I met and where. So I'd meet friends at, you know, games nights and mutual gatherings that I've been invited to and things like that. And talking to someone in that context, getting to know them, not a problem. But if they knew me already um, and knew I was a pastor, um, it did have a little bit of a added pressure to it, I would say. And it was always something that would come up quite early in in, in the discussions that I had with anyone that might be interested in me or that I was interested in. It was kind of like, let's get the elephant out of the room, which is surprising when I look back. Um, but as I say, I think there were the two extremes. For some people, it wasn't a problem at all. Um, for others, it was, we need to talk about this from early on. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, did you did you try any other forms of dating? Did you try online dating? Were you happy to be introduced by other people? I think your last answer probably explains that one. Um, were you very active? I know you you did a talk for us, our, our singles ministry. You came along and you did a talk on being intentional about dating. And I think at that stage where you did that talk, you were in that stage yourself where you had become intentional. Um, so did you did you try all forms? of dating of meeting people well funnily enough actually thinking about that question and linking it to the last question you asked as well so i came and spoke for you and um, i spoke about being intentional and the like that was another atmosphere so not necessarily your church but actually speaking out that was another great opportunity to meet people but again i was always conscious of i'm the host's guest and I don't want to come across as um, I've come on a particular assignment duty as a guest speaker. And here I am now talking to the, you know, the women in the church or that kind of thing. So yeah. That was another environment that was tricky for me. But I, right. I was intentional about dating um, at particular stages. Um, there were stages, I think, like a lot of single people where you just kind of sit back. There are other stages where you're like, you know, okay, sarah, sarah. Um, and then there's other stages where you're like, actually, I'm going to be intentional about actually dating. And so I didn't try online. I, will, I was always, um, I had conversations with close friends about it. I was always conscious of branding, if I'm being honest, and what it would look like for mm-hmm. the senior pastor of the church to be on a, a dating website looking for a wife. I just didn't like the whole idea of the branding behind that for the purpose of the church. I'm not against um, online dating. But also as well, I did wonder if perhaps I might even attract the wrong type of woman um, as a pastor on there. I could be wrong. But I didn't try online dating as we know it per se in terms of online dating websites. But I did use things like social media to keep my eye out. So, you know, um, if I saw someone that, you know, came across well on social media, um, I would inquire. And I did that once. And... As a result of that, I'm no longer single. Wow. Oh, you've answered another one of my questions, but that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you know what's interesting? I've come across, when we do our pre-marriage courses, for example, we always ask people how they meet and more and more people are saying online or via social media. Um, And that's one thing I would love to be able to say to the listeners out there is making sure that your social media represents you because there may be posts on there from four, five, 15 years ago that are not quite the person you are now. And 
how do you want to be portrayed? How do you want to be seen? Because people are looking. I mean, employers are looking. So you can bet that people who are looking for relationships are also looking. And what I find um, is a lot of people putting so much on display that I don't know if as a male, and I can't speak for a male, you can, but as a male, I don't know if I'd be more attracted or more put off by the fact that my prospective spouse has got everything on display, whether it's, and even as a woman, when you see some of the guys that have everything, you know, all the abs are out, everything's displayed. Um, would I want that person to now become my husband or wife? Uh, how do you feel about some of the things that you saw on social media? You know what, I think you're, you're spot on. And I think we sometimes within church circles try to get a little bit uh, over spiritual about it. And we say things like, well, you know, they shouldn't judge me by my Facebook profile or my Instagram photos. But the reality is we've always heard it said, you know, um, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And in any other sphere, whether we're going to an interview, whether we're going to do a business pitch, a presentation, we always put on a, a, a particular side of us that we want people to see. And I think it should be the same when it comes to social media. I think we all know that social media isn't a reality, but I think it gives us an inkling into someone's personality, um, depending on what they post and how they post it, and even sometimes how often they post. And I was definitely of the mindset that if a woman was posting and everything was out there, um, it was definitely for me, and I can say for a lot of guys, um, it was a put off. I think there's two types of guys. There's the type of guys that are a little bit sleazy. They want to see that stuff because that's all they're after. And they typically will, you know, slide in the DMs and that's what they're pursuing. And then I think there's the other yeah. type of guys where it's like, actually, we don't want to see everything. And for me, one of the big things that I was looking out for was modesty. Um, and that was, was such an important thing for me and um i think people need to realize that um how they present themselves on social media does does create an impression in the minds of others so quick fire round for you now that consists of one question <laughs> you go on social media and there is females females posting and their cleavage is out bikinis are on all that sort of thing turn off or turn on definitely turn off Thank you. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> so let's move on then. Now, when we narrow it down now, we're talking about an individual, not, not your individual person, but an individual. When you're considering a person that you want to potentially grow with or, you know, introduce yourself to even, where others, you know, who are not pastors may consider, for example, the character and the appearance for you, did you have additional factors because of your calling? Were there other things that you were looking for as well as the normal things that we all look for? The only other additional thing that I was looking for was somebody who um, was supportive of what God has called me to. And that was literally it. I just wanted somebody who would understand what I was called to, who um, wouldn't make me always have to choose between um, God's work and other things, but would be patient and understanding that this is what they're called to. Um, and just, yeah, really be supportive of that. And I'm not saying supportive to the extent that 
and neglect my family, but supportive enough to understand that, you know, certain sacrifices may be made by me. I might have to give up my time in certain areas, but they would appreciate that what I'm doing is the most valuable work that one could ever do when it comes to, mm. to souls. And I think there was this misconception that I was looking for your quote-unquote pastor's wife, where it was kind of the opposite. I didn't necessarily want to be with somebody who was also in ministry. I had no problem if they did, but um, I was equally happy to be with someone who wasn't and isn't in ministry. And, um, you know, I'm sure we would have less conversations at home about church and ministry as a result. And I wouldn't always have to take my work home in that regard. But I think there was that misconception that, oh, you know, perhaps he's looking for this type of woman. And it just wasn't true. So you, you mentioned that you met um, on social media. Hmm. I would be very curious. I am curious to find out how that came about. Like, what was the process? How specifically did you meet on social media? Was it a case where you just came across her? Did she come across you? Did you slide in the DMs? How did it go? So interestingly enough, I was... Uh on um, Instagram, as you do, scrolling through. And I saw this event that was posted on um, someone's wall. And um, when I looked at the event, I took a screenshot of it. I put it in a WhatsApp group that I had at the time with three other friends. Um, So it was just us four guys. And we discussed a whole load of things in that group. And I was like, oh, has anyone heard about this event? I didn't realize that these kind of events still took place today and the event really was about um, managing the whole process of being single um, going into your 30s and um, kind of developing in your 30s and just kind of managing the expectations and everything around that targeted to females specifically but open to men and women and it wasn't a thing that I was planning to go I was just curious that these events still uh, took place and so One of the guys in the group responded and was like, actually, I know the uh, lady that's that's running the event. And I asked him, okay, who's that? And when he told me, I realized that the lady that was running the event um, wasn't actually the one who posted it on the wall when I saw it, um, but was actually on the flyer as a panelist. And you know, typically when you're hosting an event, you can kind of usually tell who the host is of the event it says host or their picture slightly bigger than others Uh, right this wasn't the case with her she was just there like a panelist and the host's picture was bigger so I thought it was the host's event and that host was the same person whose wall I saw it on so I just assumed it was their event but actually um, she was the panelist and she was the one that was organizing the event and uh, I just asked oh do I know her is she on social media Um, and he got me the social media handle and I was like hmm okay so so let me let me pause you there Mm. so at that point when you saw her picture on the flyer were you already somewhat drawn you attracted no and I even tell her today till today that it's a good job that I did go on her social media because I don't think the picture she had on the flyer was the greatest representation of her Okay, all right. And so I I went onto her social media page and I scrolled for a few pictures um, and I loved what I saw. Um, I 
instantly saw someone who I was attracted to. I loved some of the things she posted. Um, I loved the modesty. Um, it was evident that um, she was a follower of God, loved God. And so I just said to my friend, is she single? Um, to which he responded, uh, I think she is, but I'm not sure. And but so, what made you, can I pause you there again? Yeah. I, I love detail. I, I'm trying to pitch this thing. What made you go into her social, her, her um, Instagram account and not the others? What, what drew you to her? So what made me actually go into the account was I was just looking to find out a bit more about her as the host of the event and the fact right, she okay. was doing this event. Yeah, and just to see if I knew her or the like. Um, so I wasn't even going in from the perspective of I want to check out more. It was just more so, oh, so this is the lady that's hosting the event. Is she on Instagram? Let me check her out. Let me see what other events she does, if I know her, that kind of thing. But it's when I got to her page that that all went out of the window. And um, I was now looking at the pictures for the purposes of like wanting to know and see more about her. And, and what were you seeing? What sort of pictures were there? What, what was it about the pictures? What made you think, you know, I know I'm trying to sort of make something quite spiritual into something very practical, but I think I like to be able to help the listeners to understand, you know, what, what made you feel that something was, you know, taking place, something was potentially beginning to grow here. I think initially there was that physical attraction. And then as I continued to scroll, it was some of the things she would post, some of the things she would talk about, those kind of things um, increased that interaction to her. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, and I don't say this to kind of, you know, um, big up my, my own self or to boast of myself, but I'm very um, level-headed. I don't get carried away by that stuff or assume that, um, you know, just because I see this and it's everything that I like, that that's the reality that, you know, she's going to be someone that's right for me if she's single. I know that there was still a long way to go in terms of getting to know her and find out more about the things that matter beyond um, the physical attraction and the things that she posted. But I just loved um, um, her, her style, um, kind of demeanor, her elegance, her confidence, her meekness that I was able to get from the video clips and the, the pictures that she posted on our wall. You know I'm going to check out her page now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to see what you saw. I'm obviously not going to see it the way you see it. But I think, you know, she may become the example of what it means to post um, effectively, if you like. Okay, that's fine. Great. So then what happens now? You've checked out her page and you like what you've seen. What happens next? So I asked my friend, is she single? He's like, I'm not sure. I find out from you. Um, but I think my friend thought I was joking because I didn't hear from him for about four or five days. And so I messaged him back and I was like, what did she say? And he was like, oh, um, sorry, um, I didn't think you um, you were serious or something along those lines. Um, and so you, was, you asked him to find out if she was single? Yeah. Right, okay. And, um, and I think he just thought I was joking or the like, but um, yeah, when I then asked him a few days later, um, he was like, oh, sorry, I didn't realise or something along those lines and then actually asked her to which um, he then fed back to me that she is. So I just said to, to my friend, look, could you ask her if it's 
all right for me to have her number, give her my um, Instagram page if she wants to check me out and that kind of thing, because I'd love to to touch base with her and uh, just to get to know her more. And, ah, yeah. I like it. Kind of, kind of the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Why, why did you Why did you go down that route and not just send her a direct message? I think there's a stigma attached to DMs. Um, right. And um, I, I think every female has a particular approach to DM. Some females, because they're used to um, silly messages coming into their DMs, they don't check any messages at all. Right. Um, and then there are some who actually will go through them and kind of phase out the serious ones from the not so serious ones. So I didn't want to just be a message stuck in the inbox. I didn't want to come across as just one of those guys that, you know, just sliding in the DM, which is, you know, isn't a problem if a guy is serious. But I just thought, actually, if a message is going directly to her phone, um, it's easier to grab her attention rather than waiting for um, an Instagram message. So what I actually think I did, if I recall, is I initially sent a message saying hi in the DMs. Then I deleted the message and thought, let me try and go directly and just ask my friend if it's all right for her um, for me to have her number. Right. OK. When you sent that message in her DM saying hi, did you literally just say hi? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Because no, I think that's probably like the, the number one turn off for women is when you've got nothing more to say than hi. The impression I get is that you're just saying hi to like 15 different women and seeing which one will respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that, I totally understand that. Just saying hi would be annoying. I, I sent a message like, hey, how are you doing? I noticed this on your wall and you posted about this and kind of tried to start a conversation right. with one of our posts. And then I thought, actually, let me just delete it because I don't know how often she does and doesn't check her Instagram and if it will be in the uh, you know the uh, the general box or if it will go directly to the inbox and all those kind of things yeah. and just a direct approach would be better okay so then she responded to your direct approach not immediately no so I asked my friend if it was alright to ask her for the number and I didn't hear again from my friend for a few days so I wasn't sure if my friend thought I was joking again. So I asked her, asked him, what did she say? Um, and as it turned out, um, she had seen my friend's message, but hadn't responded because she wanted to take a few days to think about it. And what she tells me now, do her own due diligence. Right, of course. And I'm sure that if we ever get to do an interview between us with you, she would tell you about some of the things she was thinking when she saw my wall and my post and that I thought that I was a pastor um, and all of the things that were going through her head. But she took a few days to get back to my friend because she was considering all these friends. And then eventually she was like, yeah, fine. So as it turned out, she had heard of me. She knew of me. She'd attended nice. some of my events um, several years ago, youth events, um, but she didn't know me personally, or so we thought. And there's another twist that I have um, oh. for you as well. So when I actually got her number um, yeah. and I messaged her, she didn't reply me for what I say is a few days. She's saying it's about a day. Um, which made me think, what's the point of giving me your number if, you know, you're not interested kind of thing. But again, she was just thinking through things and doing her due diligence. And then eventually she did respond and 
since that response, um, we I think we spoke every single day for the last God knows how many months, right up until where we are now. It was just, yeah, uh, an overflow of conversation and getting to know each other and progressing from stage to stage. But the reason why I say there's a twist in the story is because when we started courting, um, I randomly one day um, went on her Facebook and just, I don't know why, I just thought, let me press the message box. And I realized when I pressed the message box that we actually had a full-blown Facebook conversation about 11, 12 years ago. No. Yeah, that none of us for the sake of our lives can actually recall ever having. Wow. So That's amazing. It, yeah, so it was a weird one. We were looking at the conversation um, and I was asking her about how her studies were going at the time and she was telling me about her sister that was getting married and we were talking like we were friends but none of us can ever recall having that conversation. It's there in writing in our Facebook inbox um, but none of us ever, ever recall how we would have got to the place where we were talking comfortably like that or like where we knew each other from so that's the the mystery that we hope will become unraveled at some point in future that is incredible absolutely incredible Uh, as you said it i just in my spirit just feel like god's like not the right time he sowed the seed it was there but the timing both of you clearly needed work to do things to be getting on with it wasn't his perfect timing but that is amazing i'm so glad you've got it in writing because how wonderful to look back at that and think, you know, where you were at that time and, and the fact that you can't remember, I mean, that's incredible. Maybe it's a good thing. How, how, how were you profiling 11 years ago? Was it a good thing? I was profiling good 11 years ago. I was probably at what I would say, quote unquote, the peak of my youth ministry. I just released my <laughs> book. I knew a lot of people. I was doing a, a lot of events. So I don't know if it was a thing. I'm guessing it was probably a thing we met at an event but I met loads of people at an event and I didn't really necessarily have detailed conversation like that but it's interesting um, that you say what you've just said about you know um, in your spirit with the timing and the like because the mutual friend that we have that gave me her number said the exact same thing when I told him about Mm. the message just as you said it he said you know I feel like maybe it was a timing thing and God was just doing what he needed to do until the the appropriate time so yeah, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that. I have to move on, but I, I kind of want to stay here. This is good. Um, were people aware that you had begun dating? No. So we only told uh, a couple of people that were close to us for accountability purposes. Um, mm-hmm. But that was it. And And what was your reasoning behind that? So I didn't want to put anything out there until I knew we were sure that we wanted to go down this road. Right. When we did go down that road, it was a thing of, and this is how I am naturally as a person, it was a thing of, we're not going to hide it per se, but we're not going to put it out there. So if you see us, if you ask us, you know, one lady from my church, I think, bumped into me on our second date. Um, literally bumped into us and she you know she asked and I said yeah we're dating so we're just keeping it quiet at this stage um yeah it was a thing where if somebody had asked if you're speaking to someone or you're dating or the like which one or two people did I would say but I wasn't going to voluntarily put it out there and say hey I'm with somebody or you know make it a public thing 
Right. Right. Now she doesn't she she didn't attend your church, did she? No. So was it a case where she began to come along to the church to kind of see what it was like and to to see you speak and to be, you know, was she did she become a, a groupie? No. Not at all. Not at all. Um she didn't come to 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 the church until we got engaged, and um, that was intentional. That was part of the plan. It was the whole idea that um, when she does come to the church, and when I do eventually introduce her to the church, it would be official in terms of us being engaged, as opposed to, you know, this is my girlfriend or my partner. It was kind um, of like when that time comes, it will be this is my fiance. And how did your congregation respond? Oh, it was so funny seeing the, the faces of shock because it's come out of nowhere for for most of them. Um, a lot of them were overjoyed, jumping up and down. Um, there was a, a you know a rapturous applause, um, and people were really excited and happy and pleased for us, and you know loved getting to to know her and meet her. And since then, she's now popped in. Um, to the church bit by bit um, and just kind of built more friends in time for that uh, that transition. And, and how did you how did you introduce her to the church? Did you do it formally? Did you stand her up and say something? Did you how did you how did you do it? So I had a plan in place where I would stagger it. So I would tell um, I actually invited her to one of my leaders meetings to introduce her to my leaders about three months or so before I proposed to her. So I kind of staggered it in terms of I want my leaders to know first that I'm with someone and then I'll let the church know when um, we're engaged. But I didn't tell my leaders when I was engaged. They just knew that I was with someone um, before anyone did and you know, that was the, the thinking in mind. So when she did come to the church on that day, the leaders knew who she was and so on and so forth. But again, they didn't know that we had just got engaged on the Friday before this Sunday, which she attended. So at the end of the service, um, me, you know how I am, I can be quite formal. It was just the thing of, we've got one more announcement, guys, take your seats, you know. Um, I want to introduce you to someone that's special to me, um, someone that you're going to be seeing over the coming days, weeks, months, and years, someone who's close to me, dear to me, and I love very dearly. And, um, you know, um, I just said just over 48 hours or so ago, um, I proposed to my then um, girlfriend, now fiance, and I wanted to introduce you to her. She was sitting in the crowd next to my mum, and so made her way to the front. And I think that's when everything just kind of, uh, you know, took off in terms of the applause and the surprises and so on and so forth. She just said hi to the church and, you know, made herself known. And uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll always remember that day. Fantastic. Um, did anybody leave the church afterwards? And I say that, <laughs> I say that in a joking way, because in my mind, I'm thinking if anyone had designs on you being their husband, have they disappeared to your knowledge? That's an interesting question. It's an interesting question because I'd always been told by pastor friends, get prepared for an exodus when you get engaged. There's always <laughs> one or two. Um, I didn't believe them, but they told me, they said, listen, you'll be surprised. And it's been tricky because we've been in and out of lockdown. 
So um, in terms of people leaving and so on and so forth, you never really know if they've left because they've left or, you know, if it's because of that matter. But I will say that um, it was very clear that one or two people weren't necessarily as happy for us as the rest of the church were. Um, and that was, you know, kind of kind of picked up. And I don't hear from certain female friends anymore. So I think we can take it that that's your exodus. That was it. <laughs> I think that was it, yeah. I think there were certain people who I expected a congratulations from or a message from or that I was just talking with casually um, that I don't hear from anymore. And, you know, there's others where I was told, oh, this person was interested in you, but I'm thinking I've never spoken to this person in my life. Why they, they had that um, in their mind, I don't, I don't know. But I think I've noticed now, as time has gone on, um, the kind of distance that's been, that people have put between me and them. It's interesting because you probably, you know, you may be the last to know, because um, I, I never told you, but someone approached me and asked me whether you were available um, and had sights on you for some one of their friends. Um, and I said, as far as I'm aware, he is still single. And I think she then went back and spoke to her friend and it just never materialized. But there probably was a fair bit of that going on that you weren't even aware of, to be honest. So I'm told, yeah, so I'm told. I've had, I've had friends tell me um, recently that actually, um, before we started um, talking, they had a friend that inquired and, you know, they were kind of, you know, um, doing their due diligence on me and that kind of thing. So I was always told about these people in the distance that never seemed to come forward when I was single. But I think like uh, a lot of things in life, you know, when you're single, people don't want to say anything or put themselves forward. It's when you're now off the market that these things start coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we, the enemy has a plan. Um, and so there's a lot of caution to be exercised around that as well. Um, yeah. Can I ask you then, I think I know the answer, but can I ask you, when you met her, um, were you talking to other people as well, um, which you then had to kind of close those doors or were you one of those people that would sort of show interest one at a time and if it didn't work out then I'll you know I'll try somebody else further down the line what was your um where were you at at the point when you met her I'm definitely a one at a time person mm -hmm. and what was interesting is that um I met her towards the end of the summer and that same summer, um, I was talking with a friend, getting to know her. We were kind of going back and forth. Do we date? Do we not date? And it just never materialized. And actually, she ended up um, going to move and work abroad. And, and even with that, I was still open to a long distance thing, which in hindsight wouldn't have worked, especially with the lockdown. Um, mm. But um, it just never materialized. Um, and it was a thing of, you know, me being interested at times and her not, and her being interested and me not and going back and forth. And then, as I say, it just never materialised. And after that, um, I just didn't think anything. I just thought, OK, I'll just keep it moving. But, you know, it was kind of back to square one. And I think it's amazing how God works, because it was only a matter of weeks afterwards before, um, you know, um, this whole process of me seeing um, 
um, my my fiance on online at that time, um, and the whole process of that starting up. And it's just weird because it came out of nowhere, but it just all progressed so smoothly and nicely. And so um, I just remember when once we started that process, and I think we met up maybe a week and a half, two weeks for our first date afterwards. Everything just seemed to run so smoothly from then that it was just like I didn't need to consider dating anyone else and you know past dating experiences didn't really matter anymore and um, yeah I was happy with how we were getting along and I just remember actually um, when we met the first time just seeing her and thinking wow like you're actually better looking in in real life than you are on your your picture so I was definitely um pleased and we had a real good time good good quick fire again Mm. with regards to your relationship as it stands now and I guess in the lead up to your engagement as well Mm. would you say you're more private or more open as a whole or with the relationship I think as a whole, with regards to the relationship, are you both very open about your relationship and, you know, happy to talk? I mean, obviously you're sharing with us today, but would you say that you're more private and like, are you the type of person that prefers to keep your private business private? Or are you quite happy for everybody to know that you're together and you're engaged now and, you know, you're making, I mean, are you going to be posting colour schemes on Instagram about your (laughs) wedding colours? And, you know, would you prefer to just keep things very private? I think nothing has changed. I think, actually, that's not true. I think to an extent we are more open and we did say that when we're engaged we'll be more open because we're both naturally private people. Not secret people, just private people. So it wasn't a problem, you know, going down the whole world of privacy when we were dating and courting. So, yeah, we both made that agreement when we're engaged we'll be a bit more open and we posted openly with each other and about each other online. But as a whole, again, we're still those kind of people who won't necessarily go and tell people this is where we're at this is what we're doing this is who we are unless we're asked okay okay so i i would say it's leaning slightly more towards private but with openness where necessary okay do you protect her from the full reality of your ministry or do you give her full exposure so she can get a full picture of what being you know, she's going to become the wife of a pastor and all that that encompasses. Or are there parts that you'd rather her not really, not that you're lying to her, but you, you don't quite want to expose her to it right now because it could scare her off maybe. <laughs> I, I drip feed her things. I drip feed her things bit by bit. But we've had a lot of conversation about the differences from the church she's coming from to the church she's joining and just really the different cultures and um, age ranges and some of the um, challenges that she may experience and encounter um, coming from her church to our church but I don't I haven't like poured it all out on her and I think bit by bit we discuss certain things I drip feed her things and there'll be part of it that I just leave for her to experience and for us to journey together in as well and I guess being the pastor of the church there was never the question of which church you, you guys would settle in because you know for some couples who meet outside of their their church if you like um there is that question of well where will we worship together um i guess it was an absolute given that she would come along to yours because you're the head pastor there 
um was was there any issues around that was it was that difficult for her to grasp no not at all she knew uh, what the case would be though funnily enough during one of our marriage prep classes they did say oh to all of the couples you need to discuss what church you're going to go to when you get married to which i responded and laughed and said well i can't leave my church um <laughs> but um she always knew that would be the case because I'm the senior pastor in the church. And it's quite funny because now that you ask me, I'm reminded of um, a lady who's quite known um, in the social media world, actually. Um, and she actually told me one time she was interested in me, um, but she would want me to leave my church to attend her church. Um, and I just laughed. I found that quite funny. <laughs> okay that wasn't meant to be um i know i don't know if many know obviously most people probably are not aware of who we're even speaking about but i know that her her father was or into pastor um did that was that a deciding factor for you did that help you to decide that she was the one because she'd been exposed to that side of things no um i think that helped her understand what she was getting into with me and i think it helped um her and me in terms of um her knowing the type of woman i was looking for and me seeing the characters the character traits the values and characteristics and qualities that she had that i needed um so i think it helped her in terms of her knowing what it means to um from looking at um you know her family dynamics what it means for her dad to be a pastor and what it would be like being with a pastor, but it wasn't a deciding factor for me. Right, okay, okay. And how do you, you know, as you've mentioned, you're engaged now. In the run-up to the decision, because I'd imagine it wasn't a spontaneous moment where you decided, right, this is it, and I'm gonna pop the question. It, I'd imagine that built up within you. But in that run-up to the moment where you proposed, what were your your feelings and your thoughts? As somebody who's written in the area of relationships and has spoken quite frequently on the area, I never knew that I would have that um, anxiety that comes with such a big decision and, you know, kind of that next phase. Um, I just assumed that I would be comfortable with it, but I did get anxious about it. I did think, wow. This is a big decision and commitment to make. And um, I later on found out in speaking to um, other wise people such as yourself and other friends and um, leaders and pastors that are close to me that this was a normal thing for some people to have. Uh, and yeah, that really just helped me be at peace. But I was just thinking about really making this decision, being committed to the decision and just kind of... Um, what the future would look like in terms of us building and living life together and have been excited about that ever since. Do, do you feel that there's a pressure on you as the man? Because the church teaches that the man is the head of the home um, and he is, you know, the provider and all of those things. Do you feel that there's now an additional pressure upon you to now go into that realm of a husband? Honestly, no, because I feel like I've been preparing to be a husband before anyone came along. So in terms of learning what it means to be a husband, in terms of the practical things, um, finances and those kind of things, I've been working on putting those things in place and always speaking to friends about 
their marriage and asking questions and being inquisitive um, to help prepare me. So I didn't, I didn't really feel the pressure when that, that stage came. Um, but I'm also aware that I can't be naive and know that there's um, going to be things that I won't understand until I experience them. Right, right. Fantastic. I think we're kind of, te- I've taken up enough of your time now. Um, one question I want to finish with is, can we expect another book? Funnily enough, I was thinking uh, about this earlier today. I have like two or three book ideas that I've started on. Um, and I think the short answer is maybe, um, possibly okay. or maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, Pasakune, thank you. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for waiting. Because I remember saying to you, when you're ready, we need to do this interview. And I've actually felt quite honoured in being um, part of the waiting game, if that makes sense. And then getting that that message and that call saying, I've, I've done it, you know, we're engaged. And how incredible it, it, the journey has been. Um, but thank you for opening up and sharing. I really think the listeners are going to glean a lot from this. Um, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add, but for me, certainly, I think you've given us a lot to think about and a lot of, um, you know, maybe checkpoints as well. Um, I think coming from a pastor's point of view does add definitely a different dynamic because there's a responsibility that you carry that many of us don't as you know we have our own ministries but I think being a shepherd um, really carries quite a heavy mantle so thank you for opening up and for sharing and is, is there anything that you would like any message you would like to give to the listeners or anything you'd like to to add that would help and encourage those who are on a similar journey or who are in their singleness looking to be in the position that you're in now Absolutely. I would just say, keep going. Um, I've had a lot of people who said they've been encouraged by the fact that um, I've been able to find a spouse, um, even without giving up the pursuit. um, And as time has gone by, so I would just say to people, don't give up, continue to be intentional, um, ensure that you're accountable. And um, yeah, just go out there, enjoy the process. And with the grace of God, in his timing, um, all will be made well according to the desires of your heart. And I thank you also um, for having the opportunity or giving me the opportunity to do this interview. I've told my fiance we won't do many um, during the first stages of our marriage so that we can just learn and grow. But I was committed to definitely uh, doing this and happy to do any others that would be a benefit to the listeners with yourself um, because we are both grateful for you and the words of wisdom that you've been able to give to me and to us along this journey. Um, and so just really happy to to be a guest on this podcast and would just, uh, yeah, encourage others, as I say, to, to keep going. You know I'm going to hold you to that because you said it <laughs> earlier on in the podcast and you said it again. So that's an actual official booking now. I will be interviewing, if not her on her own. I'm, I'm really struggling to not say her name. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, even if it's not her on her own, then definitely the both of you or maybe both of those things. Um, but I really would. And I think the listeners would love to hear her side of the story as well, because quite often the male and female version can be quite different. But I would love to hear what she has to say. So I'm taking that as a confirmed booking. I'm just going to come back to you after the details, times and dates. But thank you so much, as I 
said, we're going to sign off now. Um, listeners, if you have any comments, um, how can how can people reach you if they want to? How will they know where your church is, Pastor Kunle? Um, I've been to the church. I loved it. I loved it. I, it was probably for my husband and I, we were from the moment we parked our car out on the street in the pouring rain, we were welcomed by one of your members and, and taken to where we needed to be. And we were looked after and loved and fed and just really the hospitality was out of this world. So if you are looking for a church in central London, definitely consider the Cornerstone Church. Um, it's a very vibrant church, love it. So if you, how can they reach you? Where, where are you? how could they get in contact with you if they need to oh bless thank you very much so on instagram we are t cornerstone c on the internet we are the cornerstone hyphen church.com and that will also link to all of my personal handles and personal website as well fantastic and obviously the address of the church will be on on those any of those contact points wouldn't it absolutely fantastic okay great to talk to you um listeners thank you for listening in if you have any comments depending on what platform you're listening from you can leave comments and you can message me directly if there's anything more that you need to know or want to know until then take care and stay safe